Be true to yourself because there are a lot of messages out there. And again, like I said, a lot of experts saying like what to do and what not to do with sobriety, with your home, with anything. And while it can be good to lean on support and we do need support outside of ourselves, it's really vital to listen to what we want and check in with like when you first. Hello and welcome to the Healing and Dealing Podcast. I am your host, Charlotte, and I am so excited to go on this journey with you. Through a trauma-informed lens, we will navigate healing through conversation and connection while learning tools to embody our transformation and make lasting changes in our lives. We will cover relatable topics and discuss various modalities to put into action and ignite change. This podcast will have incredible guests who will share their story and provide proof that even in the darkest times, there is light waiting for us. If you landed here, it's for a reason. Now, let's get started. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Healing and Dealing Podcast. I'm so excited. Today, I have Teresa Russell with us. She is an intentional home organizer, marriage and family therapist, and energy healer. As the founder and CEO of Home and Heal, she works with purpose-driven women to release mental and physical clutter to create an energetically aligned and organized life. Hi, Teresa. How are you? Hi, I'm so good. Thank you for having me on. I'm so excited to chat with you today and to all your listeners. Yeah, I'm so excited too. You're going to really bring something different. I think that people just don't think about often about how much their space can affect them and their energy. And I mean, just everything to do with that. I love it because I personally really feel like my space has to be right in order for me to be in the flow or, you know, just my home, my office, this little office space that I created, you know, all of that I feel ties in. Yeah, I just can't wait for you to share your perspective with everyone. And I also know that you have been on a sober journey as well. So I'm kind of just going to let you start where you'd like to start and describe, you know, what led you to making this beautiful business and and how you got here. Yeah, so Originally, how I started my business was I lived in a loft. It was very much from my own personal experience of letting go. I didn't have any closets, any storage, nothing. So I just had to get really creative in the way that I lived my life and went about day to day. And Mm -hmm. I realized that I was, I'm really pretty good at this. So I was talking to a friend of mine and she shared like, why don't you start a business from this and kind of like piqued my interest? Because at that point I had no confidence or, you know, thought of doing that. Mm -hmm. And so since then, I've learned so much being in, in each space, interacting with different types of people who are each going through their own, own journey. Right. And yeah, it's just been such a beautiful thing, helping people in their, in their homes and cultivating more, more clarity. So what does that look like? So clients will come to you and can you just describe what that interaction is and how you help them? Yeah. So my, I kind of have like a two-part process. First is all about the decluttering. Mm -hmm. I call it a declutter and donate session. And so this is where we get really clear on what is aligned with your life, because oftentimes we grow 
as people, but we don't think about growing with our home. And so you might have items in the past that have this like emotional tie or memories associated with them that are just not, not like supporting you in your current space Mm -hmm. and your current life. And so really getting clear on letting what you are ready and willing to let go of versus what you would like to keep and what still brings you joy. Right. That's probably a hard one to let go of things that you've had for so many years and decluttering is, I know everyone probably dreads it, but once you do it, it feels so good. It does. It feels really light freeing because a lot of these, I I like to say like each item has its own vibration and depending on how like spiritually aligned or energetically tapped in you are, Mm -hmm. they do like each clothing item, each like other physical item, it holds that vibration of those memories. And so think about if you went to a certain concert or, you know, you, you interacted with a friend, maybe this is something that was gifted to you by an ex or somebody that you're no longer friends with, mm-hmm. or even just like experiencing a really traumatic thing. And you still are holding on to this piece of your life that right. impacts you, whether your mind realizes it or not. Really? Wow. I never thought of that. I I have a lot of stuff I've held on to. (laughs) Maybe it's time to go through it. It's funny. I have boxes of notes from like high school and journals that me and my friends would pass back and forth. And it always gives me a weird feeling when I go into that box, you know, because it was such Mm a hard time in my life. I wonder, I wonder how it would feel to get rid of that. So honestly, that's what I help clients with checking in, reflecting on that through that process. And I'm not a person that's going to come in and say, you have to get rid of X, Y, and Z amount of items or like Mm -hmm. you have to do this, you have to do that. It's more so about checking in and reflecting about how you feel about it. Yeah. And again, like tapping into the feelings, especially in your body, because your mind might think, oh, I need this. Oh, I really still would like to keep this, but your body, if you check in with your body, your body might say something different. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting. My husband loves to get rid of stuff. Anytime we have the chance or he's like, what are you doing with that? Can we get rid of it? Can we get rid of that? I'm like, no, stop, stop getting rid of stuff. And I'll keep stuff in the back of my car and like hide it. What that I'm supposed to donate, you know? And he's like, it's still in there. It's been two months, this bag, this of clothes has been in there. I don't know. There's something about me. I tend to hold on to things more. He's more about Mm -hmm. like letting it flow because, you know, so much more is coming in. We have to make space for the new things that we're creating in our life, you know? So I love that. I love that you help people do that. You wouldn't think that it's like such a big impact on you, but it's so interesting that it is. What kind of benefits have you seen with your clients when they go through the process with you? They feel lighter. They feel more free, like mental clarity, and they gain time too. They're, they don't, they're not spending time searching for items. They usually gain money too, or, or like at least save money because they are not double buying things. Typically I I hear all the time, like, oh, I lost that. And I just bought another one. So that's, that is money that you're saving and, and time and effort that you're saving, even like going out and searching and purchasing that item. 
That's so true. I think we we do that a lot in my house. <laughs> we're, we were just talking about this weekend and going through our garage. So this will be a good topic for me to really dig into before we start that. So I'm glad we're talking. How has your sobriety played a part in your business? And, and what did it look like before you stopped drinking? And what does it look like now? It's been huge. It's been hugely transformational in in who I am. And I am so grateful that I am sober and I made that decision. And not saying that it hasn't been tough. It's definitely been challenging. And at the same time, I would not change a single thing about it. What's so, been challenging? I'm just curious. Yeah, just when you spend so much time avoiding your emotions and avoiding yourself, using mm-hmm. alcohol to cope or I would spend hours at the bar out mm. drinking and mm-hmm. and that was me looking outside of myself numbing whatever emotions I did not want to feel right and and just focusing on other people and having a good time and so like when I got sober I was like wow I don't I don't even know who I am who am I without alcohol yeah. what what am I going to do with my life like I'm so I'm just been spending so much time at the bar like what do I even like to do <laughs> I 100% relate with this, Teresa. I really do. I went through the same exact transformation. It's so incredible how removing one thing can just plunge you into this self-discovery mode. You know, if you go back to episode, I think it's three with my alcohol journey, it's, I say all the same things that you just said. It's, it's like this best kept secret that you just want everyone to experience. <laughs> so it's so powerful. And, and you, and really for me, it was about getting comfortable sitting with myself. Mm-hmm. And to yes. be honest with you, I'm, I'm still doing that. I'm still learning how to do that. It's been 16 months now and I've grown so much from it. And I still know that there's more to discover about myself It's right. it, because it's a, a journey. It's not just a, yep. oh, like one month, two months, like I'm back to myself type thing. Yeah, totally. So what are some things that I'm kind of in that phase right now, you know, eight months where I'm comfortable being alcohol free, I can, you know, socialize, but I'm still trying to figure out what I like to do. You know, like what came up for you when you actually started not going to the bar and doing things that you enjoy? I poured myself into other things, if I'm going to be honest with you. Mm -hmm. And I think it's that addictive (laughs) avoidance thing, just translating over into other areas of my life. But this time, these things were more beneficial for me, like going to wellness events, networking with other women, connecting with people. That was really pivotal for me at that point in my life. Mm -hmm. And now in the stage that I am in, I feel like I've moved out of that a little bit more. I feel like I'm going more into solitude, being with Mm. myself, like really breath work, meditation, and finding joy in in creativity and play that is not related to work. That is like a huge thing. (laughs) Yeah. I feel like that's what this podcast is for me. It's fun. That's amazing. That's so beautiful. Yeah, it's not work. I enjoy doing it. It's fun. And it gives me a chance to, you know, be artistic and be just in the flow of what I like to do, which is great. You're sharing your message. You're sharing other people's message. I, you're going to reach such a wide audience and people are going to gain reflections from that. And it's going to be impactful. 
Yeah. And you might not even realize like what kind of reflections they're going to get from it. That's been the most fun part about this is hearing back from people. And it's like, wow, they really listen to me. They listen to, you know, my guests and, and just all the wonderful things that the listeners are gaining from listening. That's, that's really what matters to me. You know, I want the message to touch their heart as it's touched mine. And it's, it's already happening and I'm only, you know, five episodes in. So, so much more to go and so much more to explore. So as far as now you're 16 months sober, are you married or are you single? I'm Just engaged. You're engaged? So I will Woo-hoo! be married. Yeah, awesome. Yeah. And, and my fiance proposed at the beginning of the year. And we haven't really explored too much about what, when our wedding is, but I know we want to get married in, in the forest around the trees. He said he wants oh. to have like a communion with the trees. And I just love that being That's connected. That's beautiful. To <laughs> That is beautiful. And does your fiance drink or how does that work for you guys? No, he he doesn't. And I, I, again, I'm so grateful for him. He was pivotal in my, in my decision to get sober and also obviously like continuing staying sober. Mm -hmm. When we first met, he, he didn't really drink. And I was in a period of my life where I was drinking heavier. Mm Mm-hmm. And I was actually concerned about this in our relationship. I was like, I don't know if this is going to work. If he doesn't drink. Like, yeah. Like, what's wrong with him? But it's just funny. Laugh. Like I laugh about it now, like looking back, like what was wrong with him? But really it was like, what was wrong with me? Right. Yeah. And, and so like, I noticed my drinking started impacting our relationship because I would be going out so much. We would get into arguments because I would be sensitive, deflecting, being defensive when we would talk about more serious things or even just like basic conversation with that heightened emotion and that heightened state that I was in. Mm At one point I was like, I can't, I can't do this anymore. This is affecting the love of my life. And like, I want to grow this relationship and I want to grow for me too. Yeah, exactly. And what did you just do it on your own? Did you join a program? Did you do AA? Did you like, what were, what were your steps? I very much did it on my own in the sense that I didn't go to AA and looking back, I'm not sure if I would make that same decision, but it was what, where I was at at the time. And I think that's why I delved so much into the wellness community because I needed that aspect of being supported and being around other people Mm -hmm. to hold me in that, even though they didn't even necessarily know that that's what they were doing for me. Yeah. And so now, now I am actually finding myself feeling a little bit more drawn to the, to AA going to connect with sober people sober community, but still there's like this hesitation that I have around it. And I think it's because I've been to a few meetings right? and I just haven't felt that connection. And I'm not sure what it is because I know it's a beautiful thing for some people. I honestly feel the same way. AA makes me more anxious and it makes me feel like I, something's wrong with me The to the meetings that I've been to. I haven't been to one in years, but I don't know. It just, it didn't work for me as well. And when I decided to get sober, I didn't even think of AA. I was like, not, it wasn't even an option in my mind because it just never felt right either. So I did a program with this naked mind called The Path. And it really just rewires your subconscious. It's more of like, science-based and more like in your body, how you feel. And it, it just, it did a miracle for me. Understanding 
the scientific part of it and the like biologically what it does and physiologically and all the different hormones that are released it's like once i understood it on that level i was like wow this is crazy alcohol really is a freaking toxin that i'm using to numb out my feelings you know or using to try to have fun when i don't need that to have fun so it's i totally agree aa just was it for me? And it's for so many people. I know it's helped, you know, yeah. of course, so many people, but it just same. It d- didn't feel right for me. Yeah. You had a kind of like, I gave me a light bulb moment because when you were saying like understanding the physiology and what's going on in your body and that aspect of it, I took counseling and addictions for my, cause I'm in, I was in a master's for counseling and, mm-hmm. and that, that definitely was a huge proponent for me too. just understanding the psychology behind it and, and physiology yes. behind it was huge. Yeah. It really changes it because it, it debunks your beliefs about it, you know, cause you, yeah. your brain lies to you and tells you like these lies about alcohol, because that's what you've seen your whole life. That's what, you know, but then once you understand it at, on that other perspective, you're like, oh, I see it now. And you once you understand it, you can't not understand it. Like you can't unsee it, you know? that's I feel like that's what truly worked for me was getting to my subconscious, which is why I love mm-hmm. subconscious work. I feel like it really, really works for a lot of people, if not everyone, if they allow it. <laughs> yeah. So let's get back to your business because I'm so interested you know, how, like, for instance, that I'm literally under my stairs right now. And I made this little space to podcast and, you know, do meetings and stuff. And I, when I did it, I tried to pick items that felt good to me, you know, is that something that you, you recommend or like, how can someone create a space that they really can be like, I guess themselves feel like it's energetically right for them? Definitely picking items that align again, like tuning into your body and seeing how it feels when you hold an item or what it reminds you of and kind of thinking of the purpose of the space too. What feelings do I want to call in? What side of myself am I focused on in this space? For example, with you, it would very much be like creativity and that passion and less of maybe like deep focus. Mm-hmm. So like thinking of the intention of the space and the purpose of the space too is is helpful in cultivating that. Okay. So many people work from home now, right? So I feel yeah. like that's probably something that's the boundaries are just like really All getting messed up. How do you talk to clients that work from home? How can they differentiate from like their work to being at home and like separating that? So I actually just talked about this the other night at a women's collective and it was all about pre-work tips and post-work tips, really making that distinction, sitting down when you, or if you're going, because not everybody works in their home, but for those that do, making, creating a distinct area if possible, and that might not feel good to you. Anything that I suggest that does not feel good to you or supportive to you do not listen to me. I'm <laughs> I'm an expert in one sense and you are the expert in yourself. So I just right. want to start out by saying that. But with creating these distinct areas, it gives more of that intention again and that mindfulness piece of this is where I work. And so your brain is making those associations. Like I'm mm-hmm. sitting down at my desk, I'm working, really coming to it with 
I the word intention just keeps coming to me. <laughs> so it's okay. I, that, yeah, yeah. Makes sense. So really coming with it to with your intentions. Like this is this is the feeling. These are the feelings that I want to cultivate. This is the the space that I have for this. And like when you're done with work, even saying that, like I'm done with work, I'm shifting into doing X, Y, and Z. Mm-hmm. I'm finished for the day. And sitting and breathing with that for a minute before moving on to the next thing. Because I think where we get into trouble is moving from thing to thing so quickly, just being in autopilot. Mm -hmm. And then we don't really have time to process or acknowledge that transition or any emotions that we're feeling throughout the day. That's so true. Especially if you're having you know, a stressful day at work, but you're working at home, if you don't really, if you're not mindful of that transition, you're just going to carry that stress right into your night with your kids and your family, you know, so that makes, that makes a lot of sense. For a while I was working, I still do sometimes, I just work on my bed and I know that's like probably not good at all, but it's just, I'm comfortable in my room. I like the energy in there and the space and the way I decorated it, but I did feel it kind of messed with the relationship with my kids and my husband because it's like your laptop's open you're laying in bed so are you are you working mom or can we play with you you know there was it was kind of like a a weird boundary there you know yeah yeah I definitely understand and that's funny that you mentioned that too because that's what I was again what I was sharing the other night and to be honest with you, sometimes it's okay to work in bed, like you feel comfortable, you feel cozy, you want to do that. Just being mindful of of the balance of things. Mm -hmm. Because again, like with the purpose, the purpose of the bed is typically to rest, to be intimate, like to like you were saying, you connect with your kids and stuff in that space too. Mm -hmm. And, and so that's why it's important to be mindful. And at the same time, not like giving yourself guilt or feeling shame if you do work in bed every once in a while or if that feels really comforting to you. Yeah. Because yeah, that that's not going to help anything either. You know? Right, right. One thing I've really learned over the last year or so is having compassion for myself and just being kinder and not so hard. When And so I love that you said that, you know, like let the guilt go, let the shame go. It's okay. If you spend a day working in bed from your laptop, you know, we're not always going to be on point and doing everything perfectly. So giving ourselves that permission is so important and something I recently learned, you know, or even after work, having that, even when you walk in the door, having that transition time where, okay, I just got off work. I'm tired. I, what I used to do is I would drink right when I would get home because I felt, I thought it was giving me energy to do everything else. But then I learned it's okay to rest. I'm going to rest for 10 minutes and then I'm going to dive into, you know, dinner and kids and all of that. So those transition periods are important, you know, and not being on autopilot. Yeah, they are. And they often get overlooked and just because we're not used to paying attention to it and, and just like, again, like sitting and acknowledging, releasing whatever needs to go. Sometimes when I've had a tough because I used to do I've been doing therapy in my home too and so Mm -hmm. if I had a tough therapy session with a client going in like sitting in my little meditation space and just saying like I release any energies that are not my own I call back like my own energy and all my like healing light and love to myself and 
and breathing for a few minutes. And Mm -hmm. sometimes obviously it takes longer than that, but like that is something. Yeah. And that is acknowledging, acknowledging, acknowledging and letting go surrendering. Yeah. Yeah. What kind of things do you have in your meditation space? I'm so curious. Yeah, I like to incorporate different things for the senses. And I recommend this for for anybody, really. I if anybody wants to reach out, I have a sensory guided meditation that just gives you a visualization and incorporates like more of what you would want in your space. Could we put that in the show notes or? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Awesome. I would love to, to listen to that. Yeah, so I have candles, essential oils sage, palisanto, those sorts of things for, you know, more of like this, like the smell aspect of things, the clearing Mm -hmm. aspect of things. I also have my tarot cards. I've been really getting into tarot and and learning more about that and reading. And Mm -hmm. I'm trying to think of what else I have a few books that I like that I, I just like switch out every once in a while. And then of course, crystals. I love my crystals. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I'm starting to get into all of that too. It's, I feel like it's a lot to learn. So it's like one piece at a time, you know, but Melanie, you met her at Energetics of Business. Yeah. Um, I work with her and she sent me some sage and some tarot cards. So it's like a beginner's set. I think it like tells you how to do it all. So I got to dive into that soon. But yeah, actually, let's tell the listeners we met at Aaron's Energetics of Business live event, mm-hmm. which was amazing. And Teresa was one of the speakers. Why do you think you were chosen to speak to everyone? What was your like, how, how did you go about that? I I feel like your workspace and how you cultivate that is so impactful for everybody and especially to for entrepreneurs. And that's Mm -hmm. not something that entrepreneurs typically think about. There's so many priorities in your business and running a business, especially if you're doing it by yourself, which I commend you and acknowledge you in that. And so your space supporting you or not, that's something that's really important to think about and reflect on. Right. What kind of space would you say is not supporting someone? Is it really just like how it makes you feel or or what about someone who doesn't even think about that and they're just like on autopilot? I mean, I would definitely invite them to start thinking about it because yeah. it probably it probably has an impact. But I mean, I know it definitely has an impact whether they recognize it or not. Right. And again, that could be to the aspect of it being supportive or not. And going back to your other question, when it's not supportive, that's when you feel overwhelmed. You get in that freeze mode where you feel stuck. Maybe you don't have clarity Mm. and you're just stressed Mm -hmm. in your space. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I have a question. Uh I feel like I can't be the only one who has this, but there's like a tray on our bar that all the mail goes to and all like the (laughs) little things, the junk. I'm not joking you. It gets piled up so far. I just moved everything that was on there into like a Tupperware bin to go through it later. Right. So I'm just like moving my shit (laughs) from one spot to another. And now it's already filling up again. What tips can you give me and who's whoever's listening to avoid that? Because it does cause me stress. Every time I look at it, I'm like, oh my God, I have to go through that. Oh my gosh, it's building up. Like, are there, is there any like any advice you can give to someone who has that like build up spot in their house? 
This is something that I am still figuring out how to best support people with. I do have tips like the one minute rule. I love the one minute rule and I use it in my house sometimes where if it takes under a minute or five minutes or less, then just do it right then and there and don't put it off. And that's where it's really that awareness piece comes in because sometimes we go, we'll, we'll come in our house, put the mail down and not even recognize like, oh, I'm just like putting this down and leaving it there. Mm-hmm. And that's how things start to build up and pile up. Right. Another tip I have, or another way of doing it would be to set aside and actually schedule in your calendar. Like I am going to go through this, like for 10 minutes a day or 30 minutes a week or Mm -hmm. whatever feels the most supportive to you and your schedule and actually following through and like holding yourself accountable for that. Right. So like habit stacking is great for that. If you already have something that you do every day or regularly taking that habit, say like, Oh, I drink my cup of coffee every day. So afterwards, like I'm going to go and straighten up the kitchen for five minutes once Mm -hmm. I'm done with my coffee. Um, habit yeah, stacking. I've like never that. heard of that. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah. Atomic Habits is such a good read. I would highly recommend that to anybody that's looking to shift their habits or learn more about like how our, again, our physiology and our brain works when it comes to building habits. Yeah. I actually started that book a couple of years ago and I didn't finish it. I, I, I wasn't ready for it. I don't think yeah. like I just felt that, but I could definitely go back to it now. I'm still trying to finish the body keep score. Mm, yeah, that's a powerful one too. Yeah, yeah, it's so good. And it's just, you know, finding that time to read can be difficult sometimes. Yeah, especially when it's a, a heavier topic. Yeah. But it, it's, I, I mean, again, like if you want to learn more about trauma and how trauma impacts the body, exactly. that is the best book to go to for that. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's powerful. I think my husband might even read it, which is great. <laughs> you said it sounds interesting so it talks a lot about vets in the beginning and their trauma and all the research mm-hmm. which I think is really cool what else Let, let's hear I'm curious you know in someone's like can you give me an ideal client that you've worked with that you know like where they were at and what you did for them and I'm, I'm just curious like real life what it sounds like and what it looks like yeah yeah so I'm still working with this client actually and she's just wonderful I mean all, all my clients that I've been calling in lately have been such amazing humans, but she's like a single mom and she has two kids and she just, again, like the piles that you were talking about, that's something that, that she has in her life. And so mm-hmm. when I went in and we just decluttered and got rid of a lot of things, yeah, that really helps. That truly helps because the less items that you have to actually stay organized and put away, mm-hmm. the easier it's going to be, the, the less time it's going to mm-hmm. save. Yeah. I mean, the more time it's going to save. Mm-hmm. And so I would say like that has been hugely impactful. And then just also like getting her kids on board, like with, it sounds like that could be beneficial for you, like having yes. a conversation with your kids or your husband. And again, like that's another thing that I have. I I hosted a five day sacred space masterclass. And one of the days was all about intentional living tips for couples and oh families. Gosh, how awesome. Yeah. And so really like having those conversations as a family and recognizing that you, while this is your space, it's also their space. Mm-hmm. And right. so- like when she had her kids on board, for example, it was so much easier to just like keep it going and feel that motivation because everybody was doing it and everybody was on the same page. Is it 
the simple things like hanging up your jacket when you walk in or not yeah. throwing your backpack in the middle of the floor or things like that. Like, is that what you mean when kids are on board? Because that's what I deal with. Yes. <laughs> yes. That's what I mean when kids are on board and they're taking care and they're learning their how to be responsible for their things and their space. Yeah. And they're really, they're really like getting in touch with that. I feel like sometimes, and I'm not, I'm not saying this about everybody, but sometimes we don't give kids enough credit. I've, I've, mm -hmm. I noticed that as a, as a preschool teacher, I used to be a preschool teacher before I did this. And, and so sometimes like, oh, my kid, like they can't do that. Or like, they don't understand, or they don't like really like recognize the value right. in this. I'm like, I think they actually do. And yeah. it's just not something that's incorporated into your lifestyle right now. That's so interesting. I, I agree. There's, we sometimes want to do everything for them or, you know, like you said, think, oh, they're not going to be able to do that. And there's a strong possibility if you explain it, they're going to be able to do it for sure. What about, you know, keeping things tidy and organized? What, what does that do for someone internally? And what are some ways that they can do that? Internally, they just focus on the things that really matter. Then you have more time for quality time with your loved ones. Yeah. You're typically more productive with work because it's not like, there's not a ton of things distracting you. Mm -hmm. If you think about example mm -hmm. for even like the clutter and stuff, the, the clutter that you have in your mind, how we have so many things running through our minds. Think about that visually. If you have all these items that are around you, more and more building up, building up, building up, mm -hmm. that is going to be a distraction in one sense or another. Right. Huge distraction. That's, that's probably why it feels so good to get rid of things. Mm. And, and I'm not a, the proponent or the idea that everybody has to be a minimalist. I think that like when people talk to me, they think, oh, like you must be all for minimalism. And I mean, I am in the sense that I like, I don't like a lot of things around. That's just me personally. Yeah. Like, yeah, I think that if you if you like things around you and that makes you feel good, just again going back to reflecting on why you're keeping those things around and maybe how much of those things that you're keeping around. Yeah. That just got me thinking. Do you think that things that we keep around are tied to like deeper things? Deep deep I, yes. I'm thinking about my myself and it's like I have things hung up on the wall. I have uh, my house looks a certain way, but I feel like it's deeply rooted in my childhood mm -hmm. and what like I wanted my house to look like and feel like when you walk in like for your kids. Do you think that it relates to that? Yes, absolutely. 100%. And and that's where again, I feel like I'm different from other organizers because I do have that belief that of digging deeper like again, you might look at a book and like, oh, it's just a book, but no, it could be like your value of education, of knowledge, of right. like tuning in with yourself. Like there are deeper things that we attach to these items. And I, it really does most of the time come from childhood and how we were, how we were raised, like mm -hmm. in, in even our environment in our, in our childhood. So I think that's a, a really good reflection that you made. Yeah, it just came to me. I think about that. I always from a very young age, like when I, I got married really young, I always wanted to make our house look like a home and feel good when you walk in and have like cozy blankets and, you know, a, a nice couch to sit on. And and I feel like it's all tied to trauma from my childhood because I really wanted to just create a safe place. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And I have never thought of this before, you know, like 
before we had this conversation. It's so interesting. Yeah. So that's again, where the reflection piece comes in. Like, what does that mean to you? Why, why is this important to you? And again, like most people just look at an item and they say, or their house and they just like, Oh, it's just that way because it's that way. Yeah. You know, there, there's usually a deeper meaning and a deeper reasoning why. So it, like digging into that a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't realize it could go so deep. <laughs> it's crazy when you like really open your mind to it or, you know, I like to have all my kids pictures hung up on the wall and I'm just not a minimalist, I guess you could say. However, I do like it to look nice and organized and, you know, I like it to be like everything has to be straight, you know, and like in a nice pattern. So it looks nice, but there's still like a lot of stuff, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And again, like that's something that I work with my clients too. I've been saying this a lot and and people probably think that I don't like Pinterest because I keep saying it, but I actually really love Pinterest. Like there's that Pinterest perfect look that, that some people want. Right. And so like when posting, like even before and afters, they're like, oh my gosh, like I need that exact mm -hmm. look and, and getting so caught up in the look of things that sometimes that's just not realistic with, with living life and right. day to day. And yeah. so how can you invite in more balance where it does look the way you want it to, and also flows the way that you want it to. So it's easy for you to maintain and it just feels good, like without so much pressure and expectation. Right. So really, you know, what I'm getting from this is it's all about checking in and being aware of, you know, everything around you in your home, in your office, wherever it may be, and how it makes you feel. Yeah. Uh, and now I'm realizing that everything around me ties to, you know, maybe things from when I was younger or maybe now in my marriage or everything has a purpose, you know, and mm -hmm. I think I love that we had this conversation because most people don't think too deeply about this. And that's part of the reason why I wanted to have you on because you have this, you know, healing energy, you're a marriage and family therapist, but then you're also creating these beautiful spaces for people. So you're like intertwining both. And I think that I love when people do that, when they merge, you know, like energetics with actual tangible businesses, you know, it's beautiful yeah. and it's helping so many people, you know, I, I would love to hire you and have you come in and help me set up my space. So it feels, you know, perfectly aligned with me. And I love that you gave us some tips. That's great. And I know people will get a lot from it. Is there any, you know, last advice you can give to anyone, whether it be your alcohol free journey or, you know, making your space perfect for you and anything you want to leave us with? Be true to yourself because there are a lot of messages out there. And again, like I said, a lot of experts saying like what to do and what not to do right. with sobriety, with your home, with anything. And while it can be good to lean on support and we do need support outside of ourselves, it's really vital to listen to what we want and check in with like with you first yeah. before outsourcing or yeah 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 That's just like so true so true because often we overlook ourselves definitely and when you stop and you check in you're like what do I want what feels good for me listen to your intuition things just start to flow better 
things start working out for you. So I 100% agree. Thank you for that. Yeah. I have uh, nine tips to an organized life and they'll be in the show notes and always feel free to reach out to me on it's at home and heal DM me your intentions for your space. I love hearing about what people are looking for. And yeah, just like, even if, even if I don't organize for you, I love seeing before and afters. It just lights me up to know that like, yeah, like that change created, it was created and is supporting you more. Yeah. I sometimes find myself like scrolling on those before and afters for so long, like especially pantries. I'm like, oh my God, the pantry, like makeovers are amazing. I love it. (laughs) Awesome. Thank you so much, Teresa, for being with us. And I hope everyone enjoyed the episode. You'll have all of her information and all the amazing things that she's going to share with us in the show notes. And yeah, everyone have a great day. See you next time. Thank you so much for tuning in to this episode. If you loved what you heard, please leave me a review on iTunes, share it with your friends and tag me on social media. You can find me on Instagram at healinganddealing.podcast and by joining our Facebook group. Be sure to follow me for inspiration, tips, and exciting news about upcoming episodes. If you are interested in working with me one-on-one or have questions or comments about what you heard today, please email me at healinganddealing.podcast at gmail.com. Your support means the world to me. I'm so grateful to be sharing my voice and the voices of others with you. Now, let's keep healing and dealing. We'll see you in the next episode.